Welcome back to the Messy Reformation. My name's Jason Rice. I'm the lead pastor at Faith Community CRC in Beaverdam, Wisconsin. My co-host is Willie Cronkey. He's a member at Pease CRC in Pease, Minnesota. We're just a couple of guys who love the Christian Reformed Church and want to see Reformation happen in our denomination. But we realize that whenever Reformation happens in the history of the church, things get messy. And after this past synod, things are continually getting messier and messier in the Christian Reformed Church. So we're taking the opportunity to have conversations with pastors throughout the Christian Reformed Church to find out what's going on in our denomination, but also to talk about what Reformation might look like. If you haven't already, take a moment, click subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming content. We are dropping episodes every single Sunday evening. We also want to continue to say thanks to everyone who sponsored us on Patreon. We're slowly making our way toward our goal of 20 sponsors at $5 a month. If you appreciate what we're doing and want to help us continue to put out content, head on over to patreon.com slash themessyreformation. You can also support us for free by sharing our content. I'm a terrible self-marketer and need your help. If you know of anyone who would benefit from listening to this content, let them know about the Messy Reformation. Also, let them know about our newest announcement, the Hall of Tyrannus. We're really excited about this new opportunity to disciple reformers for the CRCNA. If you'd like more information on this, head on over to themessyreformation.com and look for the Hall of Tyrannus. With all of that said, we're going to get to this week's episode, which is part two of Willie and I's conversation about current issues in the Christian Reformed Church. These are our standards. These are our guidelines. And this is what we want our people existing and coming in to be able to say proudly and strongly that they hold to. That's the way that I would see that. Now, I'm going to take a wild guess that um, a number of people who listen to this podcast are significantly unimpressed, maybe, with this statement, um, with this clarifying statement. I think they, you know, probably a number of people are wishing that Calvin University would have come out and said, you know what, we're not going to follow the board's recommendation. We're just going to fire everybody who who uh, doesn't hold to this position. Um, What would be your, what are your thoughts on that? You're probably right. There probably are a number of people who have very strong opinions about that. And there, I'll just be completely honest with you. There's a sense in which I do agree, but I, I think that's, that's a very quick and shall we call it nuclear way of, um, of, of going about this. And I think there, there might be a more, strategic way even if it's not at the pace that we want um there there may be better ways to to do this in ways that are better suited to get the results that we want brought about so yeah i think you're probably right in your analysis and i just think we need some balance here on both ends of the spectrum too because i think one tendency that we can have is somebody who's used to seeing slow progress in the crc is they've probably seen extremely little progress in the CRC. And they, they've probably been used to doing nothing. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm just going to be completely honest. And I, I want to push against that too. Uh, and say, no, Synod was very clear this year. I, I think about what we stand for, what we teach and what we will and won't allow. And this coming year, I think it's going to be a very telling year um, for how we implement, uh, you know, these, 
uh, these things that we have put into place and how are we going to be administering things like discipline um, or accountability and those things have to be done, I think, within the course of this next year. So I'm, I don't know. I'm trying to walk that tightrope and maybe I'm not doing it well, but by the grace of God, here I am. Yeah, and I think it, uh, part of the reason why this popped into my mind was based on the conversation we were having that trying to find that balance of tactical patience, not mm-hmm. just ever, never ending patience, but tactical patience, um, patience with a goal in mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the danger. I, I I know there's a lot of fear that because the CRC does have a history of kicking the can down the road and not doing anything. That's right. And so there's a fear that this is what we're doing again. Um, but I think on the other hand, and sorry, brothers who are going to maybe feel this, but on the other hand, there's a lack of patience in letting this go out where we just, we want it fixed. We want the denomination different now. And so we want to take the nuclear option now. And uh, yes, I, I have talked a little bit about options and some authority that Synod has to do some n- nuclear options. Synod does have the authority to take some nuclear options regarding the board of the university. But um, we need to not just, we can't, we don't do things just because we can we do things because they're right. And, and what's the best move going forward? You know, what's going to bring honor to God. And so I don't know either. I, I'm not sure what the path is. I'm, I'm thankful that Calvin university has made this statement. It gives me some hope that they're looking at moving from here on forward. We are going to increasingly become a, a college that lives in line with the the standards and the teachings of the Christian reformed church. And, and that and that kind of follows along the line of what uh, Paul Vanderclay said coming right out of Synod this past year, right? Yeah, right after Synod 2022, he said, I, Calvin University, as a result of this decision, will increasingly become more conservative. Mm-hmm. And here we are six months later. I mean, would have we ever expected to hear this, that all future faculty are going to hired at this institution are going to have to hold to the standards of the Christian Reformed Church? Or submit a gravamen. I get that that's in there, but but I think if you read between the lines a little bit, you can hear, and maybe this is my optimism, but if you read between the lines a little bit, you can hear all future hires are going to hold to the church's teaching. And we're going to bring this, to not, this college is going to come in line with, with the school. That's correct. And it's the prerogative of the board and anybody who these professors are put forward to on whether they're hired or not. So, I mean, it's... It's, it's not just a blank check, and I do want to make that very clear, that uh, it's not just a free game for just anybody to come in. There's, there is some clarity now that we didn't have a year ago, so yes. I, I, I want to praise God for, for how he's been active here, too. Yeah, amen. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really thankful for that, and again, I think that's even more um, good fruit that we're seeing in the denomination as a result of what was done in Synod 2022. Um, and I do think, and I I have kind of assumed that everybody listening to this knows this, but I, I really want to reiterate, and I think we should talk about this a little bit. I actually, I think Synod 2022 did some really good, hard work. But I actually think Synod 2023 is going to be more consequential more difficult and it's going to require much more work and effort. It's going to be exhausting, emotionally draining. 
because now Synod 2023 is where the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. Synod 2022, we made declarations and we made decisions. Um, we made some of the, I would say, doctrine stuff, but Synod 2023 is where that doctrine meets life application. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, okay, are we going to live by these decisions or are we not going to live by these decisions? And that's that has been where the CRC has kind of flinched a little bit when it's been like you either, you know, fish or cut bait. You either are part of our denomination, you live by our standards or or you're not part of our denomination and uh, and bring discipline. And so 2023 is going to be a big one. And so I, I want to keep encouraging everybody who's listening to this to be thinking about that. And to be making sure that we're sending solid delegates to this mm-hmm. next synod who are willing to kind of uphold what Synod 2022 did and then enforce that as well to make sure that we're a denomination that's living to the glory and the honor of God. Mm-hmm. And by in doing so, exercising all of the marks of the true church, uh, of which the third is a faithful exercise of church discipline. And that doesn't necessarily mean booting people or, you know, whatever, but it, it does mean faithfully instructing those who have broken covenant, how to better keep covenant. That's part of discipline too, is there is an instructive element to discipline that I think we need to consider before we um, just go ahead and say, all right, it's time to just, you know, give these people the boot. That time very well may come, but there does need to be some teaching and instruction and admonition done first. And this is the way that I've kind of put it. Synod 2022, you're right, made declarations and statements. We put things into place. And 2023 is going to be the year if we, where we determine if we meant what we actually said in 2022. Yeah, I agree. And, and from listening to some of the, the more, more liberal leaning um, pastors and members of the CRC, they they are all convinced that Synod 22 was a fluke and, and was not representative of the denomination as a whole. And so they're under the thought process that Synod 2023 is going to be completely different and uh, and is going to just overturn everything that happened in 2022. And I think they're off their rocker, to be completely honest. I think mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just saying I don't think they see the CRC clearly. And I feel like, you know, what we do on this podcast is interview the local church, the pastors throughout the denomination. I feel like we've got a pretty good read on the denomination as a whole. And we've been saying from the beginning that probably 70% of our denomination is, is orthodox on this position. So Synod, I think was very representative of that. And I'm really hopeful that Synod 2023 will be that same level of representation in favor of this. And so I don't say this, I don't want anybody losing hope because the the more liberal uh, members of the Christian Reformed Church are thinking things are going to get turned around. But I just want us to be aware of that leading up to it, that, that that's going on right now. And uh, I think they were really caught off guard in 2022. So they're kind of rallying the troops, I guess you could say. And... Uh, getting ready for 2023 and we need to make sure that we're not just sitting back and assuming like, well, the battle's over. No, there's, there's actually a few years left of, of Mm -hmm. working through this in order for us to, to gain some more ground. But, but to tie this all back, 
Like, this is a really important battle for us to fight. And I know people don't like using war terminology, but I say, you know, read your Bible. It's everywhere. Um, But this is a really important battle for us to fight because we need to be a denomination on mission together right now, supporting and encouraging one another in, in just living out our Christian faith in a culture that's walking away from God. And so right now we're not that like, I don't, I don't receive, I mean, the brotherhood I have in the denomination is, has been through some of these conversations around synod, but as a denomination as a whole, and like the, the, the materials coming from the denomination, I don't feel like they're supporting me, helping me live out my faith in the world. Right. And so we need to get this thing fixed and, and figured out. We need to see reformation happen here so that we can have this equipping and encouraging and this fellowship in order to live our faith out at the local level. Amen. I could not agree more. The only two cents I have to add to this is uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've actually been listening to all of Synod 2022 again. This will be like my third time actually listening to it all the way through. Um, My wife will tell you I'm a nerd and she's right. Um, And that's okay. Uh, But I, I have often said, I do think that those who are progressive in the CRC are feeling disenfranchised. And I said that, and then I heard that actually at Synod from a delegate um, who was more progressive. And they said, those of us who are feeling disenfranchised. And I thought to myself, wow, I should have, it was just interesting that that was something that I was forecasting before I actually realized that that's what somebody in that camp had actually said. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for those who say 2022 was a fluke, you and I were there. We talked with these people, we ate with them, you know, we were in proximity to them. We even shook some of their hands. Um, I I can very strongly say they do feel the disenfranchisement, uh, which means that they know that they are not in the denomination that they thought they were in. And that this really was, you know, a tide changer for them. And it was very eye opening. And I think it's, I think it's okay to just point those things out and say Mm -hmm. that these are the historic positions that most of the denomination for a long time has held. And just because there are a dissenting few doesn't mean that the general rule is still not true. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think, I think what happened, um, one of the things that we've been noticing, I mean, I think our podcast is even just an example of the, there's there's a grassroots kind of reformation happening in the CRC. It's not a top-down reformation where, where we have all of these leaders in our denomination helping kind of bring about reformation by all of their strategic planning and everything. Um, it's actually the, the local church just kind of rising up and saying, this is who we are as a denomination. And uh, we see that actually the leadership of the church it's bringing us in a direction we do not want to go. All of the publications, all of the kind of the PR stuff out there is not where we are going as a denomination. And so the local church, which normally is kind of fine, just being out of the limelight, kind of being back behind the scenes and just, we just want to do ministry in our community, kind of rose up and they said, enough. We're not, this is not who are we are as a denomination. This is not where we're going as a denomination. Stop. And that woke up a whole bunch of people whose, whose kind of world 
is all the leadership and the publications of the denomination. They thought, oh, we're we are a liberal denomination. And uh, and then the the people in the pew kind of rose up and said, absolutely not. We are not a liberal denomination. We're not going there. Here we stand. And so I think that needs to happen again. And I I want to just keep encouraging people, you know, everyone who listens to this podcast, right? we're kind of reaching out into people all over, actually all over the world. I just saw we had 15 people from, uh, oh, dang it. I lost the name now. Uh, like Uruguay or something like that, who were listening to our podcast last week, which was just amazing. And so we have people in Australia, there's people all over the place listening to this podcast, which is super exciting. And, uh, but I want to just keep encouraging people. I don't want this to be a top-down reformation. I want this to be the people of God standing up and saying, here's who we are as a church. And so encouraging people, like get your church, help your church understand what's going on in the denomination, get other churches in your classes to be aware of what's going on in the denomination, and let's speak as this kind of continued grassroots reformation in the CRC. Because, you know, my life has always been about this. I think God's reformation works in that way. It usually doesn't work in these top-down, usually works as, as leaven leavening the dough. And, uh, and so the God's been leavening our denomination for a while. That's where all of a sudden this kind of younger batch of just conservative reformed people have kind of popped up in the denomination. That's the fruit of just faithful ministry from people from 20 years ago or more, all of a sudden bearing fruit in the denomination. And now it's leavening. And we just want to see that happen more and more this kind of grassroots revival in the CRC. That's a very good word. And just my word, I guess, to not necessarily pastors, but either church leaders or just parishioners, uh, be an encouragement to your pastor. Uh, You know, we've had a number of them on this podcast, and we've had a number of them, you know, that we both know have attended synods and who are very active in their classes and who are striving for this kind of reformation that we've been talking about. And that doesn't come without a cost. And that does not come easily. So if you get a chance, you know, to encourage your pastor who you know is involved in these things, in these efforts, just take a time to just thank them and just, you know, offer a prayer of thanks up to God for the work that they're doing and just pray that um, their spirits can be uh, continually refreshed and restored um, and, and be ready for how God is going to use them in the future. Amen. And uh, here's another way you can encourage your pastor. This has been on my mind lately. There's uh, been a few uh, newer members who have been uh, regularly attending our church. I, I mentioned them in a previous recording um, that they they came to our church because they were looking for solid expositional preaching, which just really warmed my heart. But the way that they listen to me preach encourages me so much. I I went up to told them and just said, just watching you listen and be engaged in my preaching and responding and just paying attention. It gives life to my body as I preach. Um, It just, it fills me and, and allows me to be, do my, you know, to fulfill my calling more effectively. And you would think it's just a small thing, just attentively watching and listening and engaging with your pastor's sermon, but that is a massive, massive encouragement 
um, to your pastor. And so that may seem like a little thing, but that's really huge, a uh, huge way to encourage your pastor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So Willie, we've got, we've got a little bit of time left in this podcast and we, you know, we've covered quite a bit of ground. You know, what are, what, what kind of words do you have uh, for our, for our listeners as we're looking forward to Synod 2023 and we're, we're looking forward to, you know, we've got spring classes meetings coming in January, February. So people are starting to think about classes coming up and that's when overtures are going to have to be submitted and Synod delegates uh, being put forward. Synod delegates are being chosen. You know, all that's happening in the next few months here. Uh, what, what what words do you have for the pastors and the and the office bearers and the and the lay people of the CRC? A lot of things come to mind. My first thing is keep a close watch on your life and your doctrine, uh, honestly, and make sure that you're continually um, shepherding the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, as Peter would say. Uh, also be aware for how th- this isn't necessarily a denominational thing, but you know, for those, for those of you who are pastors in your contexts and who even do engage these things on the cultural level, watch how the people in your contexts are being catechized. Uh, th- this was something that I, I just, I was just talking to my wife about, um, we, we were talking to somebody and I said, I, I made it very clear that in my interactions with this person, um, I used as much scripture and as much of the Heidelberg Catechism, maybe even the Canons of Dort, as I could. And she, well, why is that? I said, because this person is being catechized uh, by the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the, they do have standards that they teach too. Uh, and, and they have their own doctrines that they do subscribe to as well. And they are antithetical to the gospel and the church of Jesus Christ. So uh, I would just say, let's continue to labor in these things, teaching and instilling good doctrine and good life practices too, um, as we go forward. And for those who maybe are operating on the classes level, um, yeah, continually be thinking about who you can put forward um, as as good delegates to go to this upcoming synod, as we've discussed, it's going to be a labor intensive year, and we're going to be in need of people who are willing to step up and do the hard work um, of of leaders in this denomination, and that might actually mean administering discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know, sending delegates forward to say, you know, I care about the Church of Jesus Christ. I care about the purity of the church. Um, as as the church has been entrusted to our care, um, and I'm going to make sure that these things are sought through. Um, those would be some things that I would say, just as as an immediate aside. Yeah, good word. Yeah, I I really want to just reemphasize a couple of things you said, and the one is, you know, we end our every episode of this saying, "Keep a close watch on your life and on your doctrine," mm-hmm. and uh, and that's really important especially in the midst of reformation and in the midst of what you may think of as battle. Um, because it's really easy. We're, we're here. We're, we're seeing some of this um, fallout in the Southern Baptist convention of stuff that happened in the midst of their reformation. Right. We like, I've spent years studying the Southern Baptist reformation and uh and in the in the name of the cause, they covered up things, and they did not keep a close watch on their life and on their doctrine. That's right. 
and uh, and now they're reaping um, some bad fruit as a result of it. And and so we don't that we don't want to make that same mistake. And it's easy to justify um, anger and vitriol and impatience and all of these anti fruits of the spirit um, in the name of pursuing the cause. And uh, we need to fight about against those temptations in ourselves. Uh, we can't become angry and bitter, and you know, all of those things in the in the name of reformation. That's no reformation happens through the power of the Holy Spirit, which means love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self control. Mm-hmm. That's how our reformation has to happen, and so we need to keep a close watch on that in our own self and then and then amongst one another if we see someone else they may agree with us doctrinally but if their life is not living up to that standard um, we need to call them out on that we need to discipline each other in this as well and not just give someone a pass because well they're a conservative i guess i'll just no discipline each other keep a close watch on our life and on our doctrine uh, because we want this to be a god honoring god glorifying reformation that we're seeing and lest any works righteousness well up inside of us. I think uh, as good Calvinists in a Christian reformed denomination, we should also remember that this is God's work that he is accomplishing through the furthering of his church and the building of his kingdom. Um, And we are participants in that, but not in such a way so as to rob God of his own glory, Uh, not in such a way to not give the glory where it is due. Uh, We are active in how he has called us to live. Uh, We still have to walk in those good works that he's prepared for us in advance to do. But he's the one who's prepared those works. And he's the one who equips his saints. And he's the one who empowers his church and builds his kingdom. So lest we think that we do this in our own power, we do this from a place of victory of what Christ has accomplished and how he is building his church in this world. It's not of our own strength. It's in his strength, which is why the glory goes to him alone. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. And I, I want to throw one more thing in there and this is long-term. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I, yeah, I want to, I want to work towards Synod 2023 being faithful. Um, but in general, I want, I, I want to encourage reformation to keep going on much longer than just one year. Um, I'm, I'm, thinking like generation upon generation upon generation. Um, I've been struck this past year um, and I know I lost the Psalm, but it, 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 the Psalm encouraged them to raise their children in such a way that their children would be able to disciple their grandchildren. And so the importance of the church, not just thinking we need to save the, the kids, we need to save the young people who are leaving the church. And thinking, no, we need to disciple these people in such a way that they will be able to disciple the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. And and so I really want to encourage the church to really be intentional about discipleship because that's why we are where we are now is because we have, as a denomination, because we have failed that discipleship. Our, our churches are full of people who just do not know God and do not know his word. And, uh, and, uh, we got to take the blame for that. You know, judgment starts in the church. Let's take, let's take ownership of that and then repent of it, seek forgiveness, and then seek to live in the power of the Holy Spirit to start discipling our, our people. And that means from from like preschool 
on up through, you know, people on their deathbed. Um, we, we need to be discipling every generation in the, in the fear and admonition of the Lord and helping them to understand who God is and, and how he has worked in the past, how he's working now, and, and really do that intentionally. Because as, as Willie said, the world is, is catechizing them in a very different um, way. They're, the world is catechizing all of our people in a very different understanding of who God is and how he's working in the world and who they are and how they inhabit the world. And so we need to be really intentional about that. And I just read a study this past week from Lifeway Research that said, um, you know, the average, the average church attender right now attends church twice a month, mm-hmm. which means they're receiving like less than an hour because most people are only preaching 20 minute sermons. Um, they're receiving like 40 to 50 minutes of instruction a month from God's word. And, uh, and they said, and this Lifeway research was saying, you better up your game as a pastor and preach some deep theological sermons to start giving your people food and teaching them. And yeah, we want to, the goal is to get them regularly worshiping and fellowshipping with us. But in order to get that, you got to get them where they're at. And so we need to kind of up our game in discipleship from the pulpit, make our sermons deeply theological um, and, and help people understand who God is and how he's working in the world. But then also do that through our pastoral care as we meet with people one-on-one, always reminding them of who God is and how he's working in the world and, and really fight back against the world's shaping of them. That's all we have for this week. Stay tuned next week for our conversation with Mark Van Dyke. But until then, don't forget this is Christ Church, and he bought it with his blood. And we've been warned that wolves will come in trying to destroy the flock. So keep a close watch on your life and on your doctrine. Preach the word in season and out of season. And keep fighting the good fight in this messy reformation. <laughs>